Trusting God's Economy, Part 1, by Apostle Jacqueline Fedor. Have you ever noticed when leadership brings up the topic of money, it appears to be a sore or touchy subject with many people? It's as though they think they're prying into their private lives. It really shouldn't be this way. I hope you realize, as the money we have is not ours in the first place. The scripture in Haggai chapter 2 verse 8 makes this quite clear. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. It all belongs to our Father, and He actually wishes to delegate who gets what. Somehow, over the years, however, we have become quite possessive and have stolen the money for ourselves. Now we even refer to it as our money. Maybe we've made the decision to not pay tithes at times, perhaps using the excuse we needed the money for our personal bills. Did you realize that God calls that robbery at Malachi chapter 3 verses 8 through 9, and we actually become cursed in the area of finances? Malachi chapter 3 verses 8 through 9. Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, In what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Were there times we were aware of a brother's need, but chose to ignore it? Again, God calls that robbery, unloving. First John chapter 3, verse 17 But whoever has this world's goods, and see his brother in need, and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? Or maybe we gave willingly into the kingdom for a long time in the past, but decided to stop for whatever reason. Well, we can receive the harvest on what we gave previously and be satisfied, but unless we seed back when the present harvest runs out, there will be no more. You see, in making these decisions, we have used very bad judgment. We unintentionally were being dishonest towards God's kingdom, and as a result, we were cheating God and His people. We presumptuously made a call as to how to use what was never ours. Here is why God blesses us beyond our own personal immediate needs. Deuteronomy 8, verse 18 And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you power to get wealth, and here is why He gives it that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers, as it is this day. In other words, he prospers to enable us to give when it is needed to establish the covenants. Jesus gave his life for them and wants them offered to humanity. Think about what he did in making the new covenant available to us. The new covenant not only gives us the opportunity to have all of our sins forgiven, but to be born again as new creatures. At the same time, it opens the way for the Abrahamic covenant to be effective for us again as today's children of Abraham. Galatians chapter 3 verse 29 assures us, If we are Christ's, then we are Abraham's seed. So we become the double-blessed benefactors of both the Abrahamic covenant and new covenant made by Jesus. God's people must be made aware of this good news so they too can be blessed. Health, wealth, Dominion and eternity were made possible through the covenants and are to be ours if we can only trust Him and let Him set the rules for His own economy. For all this to come about, however, we must do things His way, 
Only his way is blessed. Only his way works. It is the way of the tree of life. For example, God is not the least impressed with how much money or provision we shrewdly have set aside for ourselves for emergencies or the hard times. We are to trust Him completely, to take us through them. To not implicitly trust Him to provide is, in fact, a lack of faith, causing a breach of the spiritual law in Matthew 6, verses 25-27. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food, the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? Worry is just a distraction, a preoccupation, with things causing stress. It is the negative result of our lack of faith. The Word also says, Our hearts are where our treasure is. I personally want my treasure invested in stocks that never go down and shares in a kingdom that will never be forced by the world systems to go out of business. Isaiah chapter 48 verse 17 Thus says the Lord your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord your God who teaches you to profit, who leads you by the way you should go. It is truly a good business move and financially sound to invest our finances in the kingdom's people, culture, and activities. The Lord gives us all a certain amount of seed to make our investments. But if we do not plan it, how can the kingdom ever increase? In other words, we can only reap a personal financial harvest and see kingdom advancement if we obediently plant the financial seed God gives us to sow. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 instructs us, But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, but he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Another way of explaining this financial principle and spiritual law is, as vessels, we must keep pouring out to be refilled. You cannot pour into a full container. The scripture says it this way in Luke. Luke chapter 6 verse 38. Give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. God wishes for us to personally live well from our harvests, but He also expects us to plant some of the money seed back into His kingdom to supply the next harvest. Using this method, there will always be enough to meet all of the family needs, thus allowing God through us to amply provide as head of His family. When we stockpile, we stop the flow or distribution to others that Father intended the money to be used for. It is a different way of thinking, but we can actually bring curses on ourselves with this present-day wrong financial mentality and cause hardship for others. We must share. Father may meet our needs, food and clothing, etc., simply because He says He will. But why should He give much beyond that if we're going to hoard it for ourselves and use the money selfishly? Proverbs chapter 28 verse 27 says, He who gives to the poor will not lack, 
but he who hides his eyes will have many curses. Read also James chapter 5 verse 3 to understand what I'm saying. Your gold and silver are corroded, and their corrosion will be a witness against you, and will eat your flesh like fire. You have heaped up treasure in the last days. This is a time when money is particularly needed to spread the truth that is giving direction for the end of this age. We must not be afraid to turn loose of money. Fear is the opposite of faith. How are we to inherit the world without faith or trust in the Lord? In fact, why would we even want to inherit the world if we don't trust the King that will reign over it? Fear of poverty and lack will keep us from being a valuable part of the vision for these end times by stopping us from supporting the kingdom work. Yet the word so plainly says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, we are to attend the kingdom needs first, and everything else will take care of itself. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Trust Him to do the right thing towards you, and all these things shall be added to you. This is a spiritual law, and it actually pertains to every area of our lives, including money. We put our time and effort into the kingdom, or we should, and we must also bring seed to the storehouse so it can be planted in fields that are in need of being re-sown. No seed, no workers, no harvest, a neglected, non-fruitful field. Simple. God sees us as one body. So if any part of our body withholds, there won't be enough harvested to take care of everyone. Galatians chapter 6, verse 10. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. The execution of this spiritual law really takes faith, but the exciting result our faith can bring about is we will inherit the whole world. Romans chapter 4, verse 13. For the promise that he would be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith.